0: welcome back to lethal let's talk about death row inmates this week i'll be covering an indiana death row inmate I'll be covering an Indiana death row inmate. I'll be covering Jeffrey Wisehite. He was sentenced to death for setting a fire to his girlfriend's home that killed her two children. Before we jump into the case, let's go over some facts. I'll be talking about Indiana death row. According to death male death row inmates are held at the Indiana State Prison located in Michigan City, Indiana. This maximum prison houses 2,300 inmates. There are currently eight death row inmates housed all males. There are no females on Indiana death row currently. Women are housed at the Indiana Women's Prison in Indianapolis. Indiana has utilized three methods of execution. Until 1913, hanging was a method of execution electrocution was the next method of execution until 1995 and the current primary method of execution in Indiana is lethal injection I kept the background short and sweet so let's get right into the case so once again I have a glass of wine and I'm ready to jump into the case this week I'll be covering inmate number one zero eight zero zero four Jeffrey Wisehite. he is currently housed at the Indiana State Prison so this case begins on April tenth, two 2010. At this time, Jeffrey was dating a woman named Lisa Lynch. Lisa had two children, an 8-year-old daughter named Alyssa and a 5-year-old son named Caleb. At the time, Lisa was pregnant with Jeffrey's child. She worked the graveyard shift, and when she was out working, Jeffrey would babysit Alyssa and Caleb. In the early morning around 3.53, the fire department was called out. There was a fire at Lisa's home. Lisa was not home during this time of the fire. She was working, but Jeffrey was supposed to be watching the children. When the deputy fire chief arrived at the scene, something seemed odd to him. The fire had been burning for some time, and by the time they arrived on the scene, the house was engulfed in flames. Jeffrey was nowhere to be found. His car was not at the house and the children's location was unknown. Lisa found out about the fire from a neighbor. The neighbor also told her that Jeffrey's car was not in the driveway. Lisa tried to get in contact with him but he ignored her text and her phone calls. Another fire department was called out to the scene due to the size of the fire. The fire was tamed around 8 o'clock in the morning. At this time, 5-year-old Caleb was found. He was lying face down on a mattress and he was hog-tied with a washcloth and duct tape. There was also duct tape covering his mouth. At the scene, two road flares were found by his body. During his autopsy, a road flare was found in his underwear as well. Deputy State Fire Marshal arrived on the scene. An origin and source of the fire were not determined, and accelerants were not found at the scene. But it was concluded that the fire was incendiary, meaning the fire was set intentionally. A cadaver dog was called to the scene because they had not discovered eight-year-old Alyssa's remains yet. She was recovered at three o'clock in the afternoon. She was in the fetal position in a bedroom closet. It was determined that the children's cause of death was respiratory arrest due to asphyxia from inhalation of soot. This indicated the children were alive at the time of the fire. So let's back up a bit. Where was Jeffrey during this time? Well, police tried to get in contact with him numerous times before the children were ever discovered. And like I said, Lisa tried to reach out to him, but he ignored every single call and text. And according to caselaw.finelaw.com, police tried to contact him through OnStar. Police were able to track his location. He was found on Interstate 71. He was driving a yellow Camaro, so he stood out. So when police spotted him, they tried to stop him, but instead he led police on a high-speed chase. He was stopped by 7.30 in the morning. Stopsticks were used to disable his car. Jeffrey got out of the car, ran straight for the officers, and asked them to kill him. He then threw a hunting knife at one of the officers' heads. He was then tased and Jeffrey hit the ground. When he fell down, he hit his head on the pavement. He was taken to St. Elizabeth's Hospital in Kentucky. He was then transported to the University of Cincinnati Hospital. Jeffrey suffered from a bruise on his brain with some bleeding. He had a concussion. He was monitored for one night. He was then released. When police searched his car, duct tape was found. A lab tested the duct tape roll, and it was a match for the duct tape used on Caleb. $4,000 and $100 bills were found in the car, as well as packed suitcases. Police interviewed him at the hospital. However, Jeffrey stopped talking when he was asked about his girlfriend's house. Also, during the interview, Jeffrey was competent and was fully aware of where he was and why he was there. He also stated that he tried to provoke police officers to kill him, but instead got tased. During the interview, Jeffrey claimed he did not remember what happened the night before. He says he put the kids to bed around 8 o'clock at night and decided to pack up and leave around 3 o'clock in the morning, leaving the children and the house by themselves. He said he was leaving because he was, I quote, tired of it all, tired of the kids, tired of the job, tired of the wife, tired of all the bullshit, end quote. Jeffrey stated he did not take the kids with him because he said he didn't want them. Investigators then asked him how he set the house on fire and he responded by saying, I don't know. At this time, Jeffrey stopped talking and requested an attorney. So police backtrack his steps and they were seeing what he was doing weeks leading to the fire. Oddly, Jeffrey stopped paying his bills and quit his job, which was unlike him. He had an engagement ring in layaway for Lisa, but asked the store for his $700 back because he needed the money since he was moving to Brazil. Jeffrey also told people that Lisa's unborn child was not his, but DNA tests confirmed he was the father. On April 12, 2010, Jeffrey was charged with two counts of murder and one count of arson. No bail was set. Jeffrey requested for a venue change for the trial, and it was granted. His trial was moved to Clark County. In July 2013, Jeffrey was convicted of murder, arson, and sentenced to death for the murder of Caleb Lynch and Alyssa Lynch. Jeffrey is currently 45 years old and is currently serving at the Indiana State Prison. So, what do you think? When is it appropriate to start trusting your significant other with your children? Jeffrey was not the biological father to Alyssa or Caleb, but Lisa trusted him to care for her children. She trusted him probably because she was pregnant with his baby. So, when can you start trusting your significant other? Let me know what you think. I hope you enjoyed the episode. Don't forget to subscribe and please rate and review on Apple Podcast. Go follow my Insta at lethal underscore podcast. Also, feel free to shoot me an email at lethal.tcpodcast at gmail.com. Don't forget to tune in next Wednesday for a new case and a new inmate. I'll be covering a new death or inmate in a new state. See you then. All the information used my podcast came from the following sources. in.gov casel.findlaw.com, deathpenaltyinfo.org, and careerpress.com. Thanks so much for listening, and I'll see y'all next week.